Good morning. How many of you have ever heard of Mythbusters? Cool. I was hoping. This is Don, and I'm Jeff. Morning. And that's what we've come to do today. You in? All right, but no explosives today. I might go home. You might go home? Is it? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But I, I don't think there's any explosives, so I, I'm going to, I don't think we need this the whole time. It's messing up my hair anyway. So, all right, here's what this Mythbusters is about. Unfortunately, Christmas Day for 2018 has passed, right? Most of the decorations are gone. But before we turn the page on the Christmas story this year, we're thinking it might be good to just pause for a few minutes because I'm not so sure there's not a few parts of this story that the way we tell it might not be the way God tells it. I think you're right. So, I love nativity scenes, but there's an enormous problem with them. Okay, there's a huge problem. I mean, we've got several up here. So, we got this one. This was kind of hard to see on this black tablecloth. This one came from Africa. My sister-in-law went on mission about 20 years ago, and she, she spent some time in Mali, and she brought that one back. Um, looks a little different than most, okay? About 20 years ago, Andrea and I went to, to Mexico on a mission trip, and we brought this back. I thought it was kind of weird because it was blue. I thought that was cool, so I had to have that. Okay, so, but again, pretty similar, right? Mexico, Africa. We go over here. Okay, so, so this one sits at my mom's house during Christmas, and it's a toy, okay, and all the grandkids play with it. Okay, so, you know, it's got a few teeth marks on it and some of that stuff. You know, so, I mean, pretty cool. This one came from a friend in Taiwan, okay, it's, you know, it's, it's a plate, but it's got, you know, say, Mary and Joe, you know, in the back of the plate, it's got shepherds and wise men and an angel. This one we use in my house on Christmas Eve, and it doesn't have figures, but it has candles, and we read the Christmas story, and when all our kids were little, you know, that's where it started, and as you read about each person, you light another candle, and it just keeps everybody engaged while you're, you're talking through the story. But there's big problems. Yeah, the, this one, I guess, looks a little more traditional, like we would think. And yet, they all look different, and yet they're the same in that the characters are the same. We got Mary, Joseph, Jesus, angels, shepherds, and then the, the magi, the wise men. So, this Mary and Joe. Okay, so think about these two. Okay. I'm not sure they look this pristine. I, I think you're probably right. I, I think that is a myth that Huge. needs to be busted. All right? Let's start with a map. I think that'll help us. All right? Let's take a look at the map real quick. What, what we know is that Joseph is from Nazareth. He's way up there at the top by the Sea of Galilee, just to the, just to the left there, um, to the west for, for some of you who get. All right? So, and then all the way down here is Bethlehem. All right, that's the trek that they had to make when they found out that the census was going to take place. About 70 miles, give or take. But in between Nazareth and Bethlehem is an area called Samaria, right? right? And I'm saying it is just honestly not likely 
that Joseph and Mary made the trek straight through the middle of Samaria. When we read the Bible, we read about all those issues of the, the Jews and the Samaritans. So probably a little longer route. Maybe 100, 120 miles? I would say could be, could be. And so we got to consider Mary's nine months pregnant. That's a lot of pregnant. To travel, whether it's 70 miles, 100 miles, right? Even in a car, that's quite a trip. Even in a car, it's a long way. And the circumstances under which they, you know, gave birth, uh, it's not exactly private room at the hospital. Right. I'm saying they look incredibly good, considering what they've been through. You know, and, and like, I started talking this with some people, <clears throat> and everybody keeps saying, you know, well, it couldn't have been that bad because she rode a donkey. And I here, mean, you know. And here's what I'm saying. That could be myth that needs to be busted. Where do we get the fact that Mary rode on a donkey? It's not in Scripture. It's in the movies. It's in all the movies, really. They put her on a donkey. But if you read the Christmas story, nowhere in the Christmas story does it actually say that Mary was on a donkey. It's one of those things we tend to read into the story. Now, maybe... But it's also just as likely that perhaps she walked or in some other way they made that trek. But it's one of the myths, and yeah. they just look really good. They look really good. They look really good. I mean, you know. Well, and then we, you know, the next part we get to is, is the shepherds. Okay? Shepherds are always at the manger. But, but they had the baby, the angel appeared, the heavenly host, then the shepherds. Right. I don't know. I mean, kind of squishing it together. I think so, too. Could be a little bit of myth there in this way. We learned even on Christmas Eve that the angel appears to the shepherds. They were somewhere in a field right outside of Bethlehem. Angel shows up, remember, glory of God, and his announcement is good news. Good news that's going to cause great joy. They're going to be talking about this for a long time, right? And the shepherds then go to the place where Jesus was born. But what it says right after that is then they left telling the good news of what they saw, and then I figure eventually they probably, they got to go back and take care of some sheep. So right. they're there for a while, but... Right. Yeah, but not, I mean, they don't stay there. They don't stay there. Okay, the next one, I guess this one doesn't have it all. No, it does. It's on the site. This angel. Okay, this thing really bothers me. Okay, that's another myth. I think it is too. I think it's a myth that has to be busted because, let me say this up front. Do you think there were some angels hanging around the manger? Pretty Probably. Sure. Why? Because this is like the greatest event that's happened in the history of the world. We got God putting on skin. He's coming for the mission that, that has been planned all along. So probably some angels hanging around but nowhere in the Christmas story does it say that anybody saw an angel at the manger. It doesn't. But if every one of these have them. Every one of them have them. And I think the reason is because angels play a part in the story. Right. So angel shows up to Mary to say, hey, you have been chosen for such a special um, mission. Angel appears to Joseph in a dream to say, Mary has been chosen for such a mission. Uh, angel shows up to the shepherds, then that becomes a big heavenly host of angels, whole sky lit up. 
Um, the angel's going to show up again to Joseph a couple of times because at the end of the story, there's some warning that needs to happen. Um, and then that's not even counting like the angel shows up to Zechariah, connected to John the Baptist. Right. I mean, angels show up along the way, but it's just kind of funny. There is no mention of an angel hanging out on the top of the stable. Okay, and then, but, now we got a bigger problem here too. Okay. Because both Mary and our shepherd, they're told fear not, and I don't think she looks very scared. She's actually kind of cute. Not I mean, bad. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a myth when we see angels most of the time. When angels show up, what's people's response? Most of the time? Fear. fear That's not. why the angels have to say fear not, right? We don't suddenly come up with these quirky little questions we've got, no. And I think it's because when angels show up, there, there is a, a connection with God's glory and there is just this fierceness. Most angels are described as they fight for us. They do battle for us. I think there is more of a, of a warrior picture to that. And although angels can appear as angels of light, obviously, um, I, I'm not sure they're that cute when they I show up. I don't think so. Right? I think they're probably more like some kind of soldier-looking thing. I, I agree. don't know. I you agree. don't have any description. I, but I I don't think it's that. Okay, so then we see, okay, the shepherds go back, so we're going to take him. They shouldn't even be in the manger because oh, right. they're gone. It's over. They're gone. Okay. So the angel, angel. no, she shouldn't be there either because nothing says she was there. Okay. Okay. So we got Mary and Joseph and the baby. Okay. Eight days after he was born, he was named Jesus, as the law said. Mm -hmm. Forty days after he was born, okay, he was he was presented at the temple. That's right. Okay. Now that's something I, I find some weirdness to there. Because remember, they're from, we had the map, they're from Nazareth at the top, they went to Bethlehem, and then the temple is at Jerusalem, six miles north of Bethlehem. What they do for 40 days, and why, why are they still at the manger, okay? Because the time frame gets even weirder here, okay? So then we got the, the wise men. This one doesn't have wise men, but we got some wise men on this one. I'm only going to get two on purpose. Good. What's the matter with the wise men? <clears throat> yeah. Did the wise men show up at the manger is the question. I think that's a myth. I think it is too. I think it is too. Yeah, it actually uses the word house, right? It, yeah, Scripture says house. They showed up at the house. Right. I don't know where the house was. I don't know where the house was either. I tend to think the house was in Bethlehem. Um, because the, the, the scripture reads that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, the, the, the wise men are sent to Bethlehem, but it doesn't say that. It doesn't, it doesn't say exactly where it is, but perhaps, perhaps Bethlehem, regardless, they're not at the stable anymore. They're not at the manger anymore. Okay, so we better move them too. Okay, okay. Well, they're eventually going to show up somewhere, right? Just not Not here. there, yeah. Right, right. And you put two? So I put two. I... I don't know that we know there's two. Is that a myth? Why, why are there always three? There's three in every one of these that have wise men. There is. There is. Why is there three? Everybody's, well, because there were three. No. <laughs> we three we, kings of Orient are, We three right? kings, we sing the song, and there were three gifts. Yeah, that's exactly right. The scripture tells us that there was, y'all help me out, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
That's exactly right. And so we often take the fact that there were three gifts, and we just immediately concur that there must be three wise men. But don't know that. Now, if we look at a scripture, I think we got like verse maybe Mm 11-ish. Matthew chapter 2, on coming to the house, they, now what does that mean? Does that mean one? Nah, so it means more than one, so at least two. So we got two. You got two. You were right on track. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Let's keep going. And they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. So that, that's where the three are, are mentioned. But it doesn't say three wise men. We don't know if it's two. We don't know if it's three. We don't know if it's six. I've heard people say there's 12. Like, well, I guess you can guess whatever you want to because it doesn't actually say. Right. It's a myth. It's a myth. So these wise men show up. Probably about two years later. Yep. Two years. Why two years later? Yeah. Here's what the scripture tells us. When Herod realizes that he's been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. So this seems to be the picture. The, the Magi show up, right, and they say, where is the king that's been born? And when, when, the, when they begin to search the, the scriptures and begin to search the picture, that apparently the, the timeline had been about two years before that Jesus had been born. That seems to be how this unfolds. It just takes a long time, apparently, for the Magi to arrive. They saw the star when it happened, and they are following the star when they arrive. Jesus could have been already a couple years yeah, and then then they go on the run. Okay, so you know they and, and you know an angel. I mean, so we know there's one another right. one here. Okay, tells Joseph Caesar wants to kill kill um, Jesus, so they go on the run. Yes, they do. But they they get up in the middle of the night and do this. Yeah. Okay? Joseph was asleep. The angel speaks, and he's like, like, get in the car. We're leaving. That's right. Okay? And all you can take is what you can carry. That's right. That's weird. How, how could that happen? Right. And I, I wonder, connected to the gifts, um, adults have a way of always taking, I think, the three gifts, and we want to sort of analyze the, the uh, symbolism Super of gold, gold for a king and myrrh for... And, and I do think there's probably something to that. I think there's something to myrrh would be used in a burial, which eventually Jesus is obviously headed to the cross. That's his mission. But I also wonder if maybe God's not also being really practical. I think he was. Because he's about to wake up Joseph in the middle of the night and say, you need to pick up your family and get out of here because Herod's about, he's trying to kill Jesus. And it just so happens that right before he does that, he sends kings or wise men. That's a myth. Right. They're not actually kings. They're wise men. And they have gifts that are valuable. And compact. And compact. Pretty cool. And so Joseph can't, he can't pack up his entire house that probably that, that night and leave. But if he has these at least three gifts that are valuable, could that not have been the way that God provided exactly what Joseph would need to provide for his family for what was probably about two years that they spent in Egypt in order to secure a house, have a place to live? Wouldn't that be just like God? I think it would. Yeah. So, so while, main, while nativities are pretty cool, lots of problems there, okay? I, I don't think that anything's exactly wrong 
just maybe not totally right. Yeah. I think, think snapshot. I like the word snapshot right. when I think about a nativity. Think of it this way. Sometime during the last week, hopefully you took some sort of a snapshot of your Christmas experience, right? Maybe when all your family came together at your house and you're opening presents, maybe you're eating together, whatever. You took a snapshot and, and from now on you will look back and you will go, 2018, this was our family gathering. But come on, when you look at that picture, there was a lot more involved than just that moment. Like a tree had to be put up. You did that on some day. There's probably some decorations in your house. That happened on some day. There were presents that had to be bought. That, that may have happened on a lot of days. You were buying presents and shopping and doing all this stuff. Food had to be cooked. I'm saying there were not just a, it's not just a moment, but there's like hours and days and weeks involved in that snapshot. Well, that's how I would encourage you to think about a nativity. It's a snapshot. It's true. It's not a myth. This is real. But this snapshot may represent like as much as two years worth of a story by the time the Magi are in front of the king. Yeah. That makes sense? It, it does. Yeah. And that planning that went in before because the angel spoke to Mary and the gifts that kept giving. And that's right. That's pretty cool. That's right. We're not saying in any way that this is a myth. We're saying that sometimes the details that we attach to it are. But this is true. And what's crystal clear is that this is the greatest gift that has ever been given. Kids, come on, you know this verse because you've been studying it, I think, all month, right? Yep, this is, all this month. Is, can, we, can we do it together? You ready? For God, God so, so loved, loved the world, the world that, that he gave his one and only Son, son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's John 3, 16. Jesus, the picture is Jesus, leaves his place, all right, because he's always been. You know that? Jesus didn't just start in Bethlehem. He, he, the Son of God, he's God. He always has been. He left his place, and he came to our place, put on skin, walked among us, but he came for the purpose of taking our place. The manger wasn't the end goal. The cross was where he was headed, where he would be our substitute. He would take our sin upon himself and he would die. But he would also rise. We sang about it just a few minutes ago. And then he goes back to his place and prepares a place for us. He leaves his place. He comes to our place in order to take our place. And then he goes back to his place and prepares a place for you and me. It is the greatest news in the whole world. It is the cause for great joy among all the people forever and ever. And that is no myth. Very good. No myth. Myth is busted, right? Now we can all be okay with the nativity. I agree. I agree. Here's what we know. There's nobody like Jesus, right? Nobody like Jesus. And that's what we're going to sing next. The word that's attached to him is the word holy. He is set apart. That's what holy means. He, he, he not only is sinless, but there's just nobody else that's like him. And so I'm going to invite us to stand together. I'm so glad we get to do this today. Kids in the room, families together. You guys are sounding good. Let's keep praising. Would you uh, warmly welcome to the stage here this morning this
Grandpa Bill. Would you welcome them today? So Layla, thanks for doing this today. Okay, you're not scared at all, are you? Yeah, that's all right, that's all right, that's all right. You can do great. Hey, me too, every week, every week. I I wanted you to hear a little bit of Layla's story um, because Layla decided to do something this year for Christmas that is really, really different, right? Can you tell them what you did that was different for Christmas this year? I went out and I fed the homeless. You went out and you fed the homeless. And I think a key piece of that would be you decided that, am I right in, you said, hey, I don't even want any Christmas gifts this year. Instead, I want to use that money to feed the homeless. Is that really what happened? That's what happened. Um, Hold it close. We had to go online and look for everything, and we did a lot of math, which was not fun at all. All right. So I think we got a picture of what you did. I think our calculations, do we have the calculations on there? There they are. There they are, budget for Layla's Christmas giving project. That's pretty awesome. So you actually, like, you, you went on the computer, I heard. Tell me how you did that. How'd you kind of uh, well, hold it close? We, there you we, go. we got online and we went to, like, a whole bunch of, like, store online websites and we right. looked for stuff. Right. So you figured and out how. And we found out how much it cost and added it all up. Awesome. I think you did a great job. I think that's fantastic. So, like, how did you know what to get? How, did somebody help you with that a little bit? Yeah. Can you My tell grandma. us about Your grandma helped you with that? Okay. Uh, yeah. Kathy. Miss Kathy. Yeah, Kathy Dean, who helps us with Uplift. She, she is the lady who helps us in terms of she leads the organization. So, you just, did you go ask her to help you? Well, we got some of the stuff, and then we went up and asked for other stuff we might need to put in it. That's pretty cool. So Ms. Kathy helped you figure out what to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everybody, unfortunately, it's one of those things where when it comes to uplift, kids can't travel on the trucks. I mean, it's, there's safety issues and just a whole bunch involved in that. But I think that's pretty special that Ms. Kathy, anyway, would sit down and try to help you take those steps. Um, I think what she does is pretty cool. And I think what you did is really cool. I do. So, Layla, how'd you come up with this idea? You just told yep. me that before we came up here. Tell me about that. Um, so, I was watching what I normally watch on YouTube, and I was um, scrolling uh, down to find something new because I always watch that. And um, I found a kid that uh, he gave a thousand cheeseburgers on his birthday, and um, I changed it. So. Um, I knew Christmas was coming up, so I changed it to Christmas. That's pretty cool how she listened to God watching YouTube and did something about it. That, that is a testimony to the power of God, right? If he can speak through right. YouTube. Right? <laughs> Amen. That's cool. That's cool. Grandpa, anything you add to that mix? Well, you know, she's obviously given you the uh, Reader's Digest version because it was... <laughs> much more uh, 
thought out than it sounds. It, it started around, I want to say around Halloween when she came to me and said, I don't want any Christmas presents this year. I just want to give to, I want to feed the homeless is what she said. And, you know, I took that like I would take anything else. I was like, okay, I know you don't want any Christmas presents. But she stuck with it. And then sometime after Thanksgiving, she was still on it. And that's when we got together and started talking about what we were going to do or what she was going to do. And she talked to Kathy and she came up with those kits. I don't know if you have a picture of a kit or not. but Yeah, there's a picture. Can we show the kit, the one that has all the, there we go. That's the kit that she actually put together. The thought, the gloves, the socks, the hand warmers. Sorry about the picture. Cindy should have taken it. She's the photographer. Um, a toothbrush with toothpaste, chapstick. There's a bottle of water that isn't in there. Playing cards, a candle, and some matches. Pop-tarts. What else was there, Layla? Uh, snacks. Snacks. But uh, there's cool. a kind of a story that goes after that that I okay. don't know if you're interested in hearing or not, but uh, as Layla was handing out the bags, we were under the, the bridge on uh, 20th Street in Gillum, under the bridge. There's a lot of homeless that congregate there. It's right across the street from uh, a parking lot at CMH. And um, as she was handing them out, one of, the, one of the recipients came up to me, and his name was Chris, and he asked if he could give Layla something. And so I'll let Layla tell the rest of that story. What did he give you? He gave me this butterscotch candle. Wow. Smell it. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Butterscotch? Yeah. That's good? I like that. That's nice. I've already smelled it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did he give it to you? Uh, I don't know. He hasn't had Christmas in like 27 years. He hasn't had a Christmas in 27 years, but for the, fir for the first time in 27 years, he received a gift from me. From you. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Awesome. That's the word. Layla, um, I just want to encourage you to keep listening to God. Um, he'll speak sometimes through you too. He speaks a lot through his Bible, right, through, through Scripture. But God's going to keep, as God talks to you and he talks you, you know, tells you, I, I just want to encourage you to keep on following him. Um, the heart that you've just displayed, a heart of generosity, that's what God's heart looks like. And he wants that grown in us. Um, I think sometimes, you know, especially when we get to the end of the year, and I wish it wasn't this way, but, but we often have to talk about trying to encourage people, hey, will you help us? Will you, will you be generous? Will you? And I wish it wasn't this way, but literally we get down to these last two days of the year. And, and if people decide to give um, at the end of the year, kind of determines whether or not we end up in the black as a church or not. And I, I just, that part, I mean, there's a part of that that I don't understand, but there's a part of it that we keep trusting him. But I just want you to know that the reason we ask you to do that is not, it's not a selfish piece. There's not, it, it is because God has called us to a beautiful mission 
part of the resources when you give like you do at the end of the year helps us to do things like feed the homeless, but it also helps to impact and equip young hearts. It, it funds things like children's church where they normally are and not in here. For hearts like this to learn to listen to God and then be radical in how they live that out. So, I just encourage you to see this heart and let that be contagious. Um, I thank you for your generosity. I encourage you to continue to be generous. And Layla, we just thank you so much for being bold enough to not only listen to God, but to also come today and let us smell that butterscotch candle. That was awesome. All right? Can you give her a hand one more time? this up in just a second, but um, that song, God, we won't move without you. And yet there are times when God says move that you better move, right? And there is that part of the Christmas story that we hardly ever tell. We, we mentioned it a few moments ago, but I just want to read the scripture to you and then seriously, I'm, just give me about five minutes and I want you to hear this. It, it, it says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, that when they, that's the Magi, when the wise men had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt. Now, I'm saying we just don't normally tell that part of the story, do we? No, it usually ends at a very, you know, cute picture of the, of the stable. But here's, here's what I want to make sure we understand. Mary, Joseph, Jesus, they experience trouble. And listen to what I'm saying. Jesus experienced trouble even as a kid. Even as a kid. I want you to see this map for a second. Um, I think we got a map of the, of the journey. Is there a map? There we go. I, I showed you earlier where Jesus, where they started in Nazareth and they came to Bethlehem and then 40 days they go to Jerusalem where Jesus is dedicated, we would say, and then I think probably back to Bethlehem and then whoop, off to Egypt they go. Jesus experiences trouble even as a kid. The idea that if you trust God, you will never face trouble is a myth that needs to be busted. Because, come on, is Jesus in the middle of God's plan? <laughs> he is God and the plan, right? He was right where he was supposed to be, doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing, and he still faced trouble. And so, kids, I'm saying, come on, we got to understand that sometimes we experience the same thing. Um, maybe it's somebody who's uh, not so nice to you at school. Maybe somebody that tries to push you around a little bit. 
I mean, I hope this would never happen, but shoot, it, it could even be a, a, a teacher that kind of is a little rough on you in terms of, of not believing in you, maybe. I'm saying sometimes you can do the right things. Sometimes you can be exactly where God wants you to be, and you still experience trouble. So if that happens, when that happens, I don't want you to think that God doesn't know what's going on. And I don't want you to think that God is not right there with you and that he doesn't love you, that he doesn't care for you, because he does, just like he did his son. But sometimes we still go through struggles. Parents, how you handle struggles in your life matters. Because it matters not only for you, but it matters for the ones who are watching you. I'm going to say it again. Parents, how you handle struggles in your life, how you handle those moments that seem like they're out, out of control, how you handle those moments when it seems like you're trying to do everything right, but you're still experiencing the struggle, how you handle that matters. Because if you just freak out every time something happens, that's what you're teaching your kids to do. And the question is, what are you teaching them about God? One of the greatest things that I watched my dad teach me was, son, learn to act and not react. Now, I'm not saying I always got it right, but it's one of the greatest things that I ever watched him give me. Act and don't react. When trouble comes, when something happens, I didn't see this, what is going on here? What he taught me to do was don't react in the moment, but what it means is catch your breath and let's talk to God. And let's ask God what's going on here, and God, how do you want me to respond? And then you are able to respond. You can act and not react. I read a quote this week that I really, really like. This is what it said. The way we deal with uncertainty says a lot about whether Jesus is ahead of us leading or behind us just carrying our stuff. I like that. How we handle uncertainty says a lot about whether we see Jesus ahead of us leading or he's just behind us carrying our stuff. If your view of just having him along to carry the stuff to get you where you want to go, you're probably going to freak out when stuff happens. But if you really believe that Jesus is leading, you will be able to act and not react. I just want to encourage you. We're about to enter a new year. Some of you are entering that new year glad that this year is over because you have seen enough trouble and you're like, whoo, bring on 2019. I'm praying for no trouble. I want to encourage you with that, but I don't really know if I can. Because 2019 is probably going to have some trouble somewhere in there if you are following Jesus. But we don't have to react. We can act. Because our God's in control, just like he provided, I believe, those gifts for Mary, Joseph, and Jesus to be able to move when he told them to move. That's the same God that you can trust. One more thing I want to show you, 
and um, then we're going to sing before we close, and that'll be it. Sometimes folks go through trouble, and um, I think God calls us to be able to be a part of helping them through it. Sounds like God did that with Layla over the last couple of weeks. Um, I can only imagine that guy's heart who had never had Christmas in 27 years, and, and um, God decided to do that through her. Well, 2019 is probably going to see some other folks who are going to go through some struggles. There are times that people just find themselves at some difficult places in life. And we have been given the opportunity as a church to respond to that. I want you to watch this, and then we're going to wrap it up in just a second. Watch this. This is a special time of year. We spend a lot of time sitting around the table with friends and family. Most of us take this for granted. But what if you suddenly found yourself without your home? You might be thinking, well, that couldn't happen to me. But any one of us could find ourselves in that situation. A fire, a natural disaster like a tornado, any number of things could change your life instantly. What would you do? Where would you go? Unfortunately, this is a situation that many people find themselves in at times, even in our church. They need a safe place where they can go with their family and spend the time just to get their feet back under them. So how can we as a church help? We have been given the use of a home for just this purpose. It is a nice three-bedroom home, but as you can see, it's empty. But what if there was a couch here? And what if there was a chair here? Due to the size of the house, we can even have room for a larger family. What if there was a bunk bed here? Since the house is completely empty, we need just about everything that we need in your home. We need donations of gently used living room furniture, beds, and even bunk beds. We could even use some outdoor stuff, because what if there was a swing set here? That way, a young child who has been displaced from their home can still have fun and play. Those are the big things. For all the little stuff that you need to function as a family, we have set up a registry at Walmart in their registry events under the name HOL Home. There you can select what items you would like to purchase to be used in the home. We as Heart of Life Church are very active in missions around the world, whether it's Togo, Taiwan, China, Myanmar, India, and even Nepal. But this is an opportunity for you to get involved with missions locally. You don't need to get on a plane, you don't need a passport, but you can make an impact on people right here. When I read the Christmas story this year, I see people in transition. I see Mary and Joseph, they head to Bethlehem, and right, there is no place. It would have been cool to have a church around who said, hey, you want to stay here for a week or two? In the middle of the night, they have to go to, to Egypt. They run for their lives. It, it was a chaotic circumstance. It would have been cool to have a, have a church, right, in, in Egypt to go, hey, you want to you land here for a night or two to be able to get your feet under you and move from there. Well, that's the purpose of this house. And we've been given the opportunity to be a part of that. So 
want to encourage you, check out the registry. Maybe some of those you see the info in your, in your worship guide today. Talk to us about it. If you've got questions, it's just a great opportunity for families together to be a part of making a difference. All right. You all right? You have a good time today? Did you enjoy today? Good. Thank you for choosing to be here today. I know this is transition time with people traveling all the time, and, and I thank you for, for making this a priority today. Obviously, it's different with our kids being in today, and I am grateful for adults, grateful for a church who's willing to do some things different every once in a while because we love our kids like crazy. Kids, I hope you know that. We love you like crazy. I pray that you continue to enjoy your holiday. We are going to go out with one more song. When this song is done, you will be dismissed. I can't think of a better one. How great. How great. It's our God, right? Let's stand. Let's sing it together.